That was awful. I fucking hate Christmas parties. Oh, Callum's rock up persona went down as well as could be expected. <laughs> you can't blame me for having natural charisma. You're just salty that girl in HR wasn't watching. <laughs> oh, piss off. You'd better find the balls to speak to her soon, or I'm having her. She's a classy woman, Carl. Oh, she won't be the likes of you. Please, have you seen the way she looks at me? I ran into her at the bar. She kept asking about John, saying it was all his fault. What was that? Ooh, I love a spindly blogger who shits himself every time he makes eye contact with a woman. Fine, if it'll shut you two up. I call dibs on best man. Hey, it's uh, Harp, right? I'm John. Think I've seen you around the office a few times. Can I get you a drink? Oh, can't really hear you. Um, could we maybe go somewhere a bit quieter? Sorry, what was that? I couldn't... Harp, what's going on? Um, sorry. Where are you going? Please. Harp, please, I'm sorry. Harp. Ugh. Stupid manual drivers. Are you okay, Dad? Elodie, where's your mum? She's not with us anymore, Dad. We're in a car on the way to a funeral. Do you remember? Oh, we were at a bar. It's okay, Dad. We're here for you. <laughs> your tyre's all a mess. Here, let me fix it. Thanks. Ran, will you hold this for me? Ranny? I think my old trainer lives round here. He used to get us fish and chips from that shop there. Can you hold this for me? What was his name again? Atif? No. no. Ahmed? No. Was it Jamal? Please, Ranny, will you just hold my bag for a second while Oh my God! What? Luke. His name was Luke. Ranny, I need to fix Dad's tie. Will you please just hold my bag for one second? Of course, sis. Why didn't you say so? I wanted to tell her I was sorry. Beekeeper Podcasts presents 2040 Episode 4 Eulogy Written and directed by James Mills. Right, I've spoke to the Grunthy. And? And he's a prick. And? The service before us overran. It'll be another half an hour. Do you want to wait inside, Dad? You'll catch a cold. I'm fine here. Elodie, Rani! <laughs> Hi, Auntie Aisha. Don't you both look phenomenal? Oh, 
I am so sorry about your mother, but I know her heart is flowering inside each and every one of us here today. Jesus Christ. Aisha, is that you? Bloody hell, you look old. Oh, <laughs> stop it, you old flirt. I haven't seen you since the wedding. Oh, what a beautiful day that was. But I saw you yesterday, dear. Oh, did you? It won't be long until we have another wedding by the sound of it. What do you mean? Well, I've just been chatting to that lovely boy of yours. Elodie, he is a dish. <laughs> if I was you, I'd make sure he gets a ring on your finger ASAP. Or whichever way around it is these days. Would you excuse me for just a moment? Of course. Peter, what are you doing here? I just wanted to pay my respects. You need to leave. Please, Elle. I need to talk to you. I can't do this. Not today. I love you. Okay, if you'd please just let me explain for a second. Hey there, Peter I'd... boy. How's tricks? Ronnie? I've been meaning to talk to you, actually. Just wanted to give you a heads up about the interview I gave yesterday. What interview? Don't look so worried. I was just letting people in on the little game you and your little friends have been playing on my family. Ronnie, please. You... you should see the headline they've been working on. How sad, pathetic creep manipulated disabled Angel before killing her innocent mother. I had nothing to do with what happened to Harp. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. Well, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, the whole lying to my sister through your whole relationship didn't exactly make you seem like the most trustworthy of guys. I'm not the only one with secrets, Ronnie. What's that supposed to mean? Enough, both of you. Ronnie, go look after Dad, will you? But I... I can handle it. Fine. Take care of yourself, Peter. Peter? Which one is Peter? Hi, Mr. Walkington. You fucking bastard! Get away from my daughters! Dad, what are you doing? Get off him! Oh. oh dear, let me help you up. Oh. oh, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you. Where are we? Don't you remember? Is this Picana's? Yep. Oh, I used to love this place. No, you didn't. What do you mean? We ate here all the time. Yes, and every time you swore we'd never come back. But you knew I liked it, so we did. And you're wearing that blue dress. It's not a dress, it's a... Jumpsuit, yes, I remember. But you only ever wore it once. And why was that? Someone spilt red wine down the front. Yes, and that someone bought me three dresses to make up for it. Oh, sounds like a real gentleman. None of them even fitted me. <laughs> oh, Harp, I'm so sorry about the fire. We don't fire. need to talk about that now. But listen... Tonight's about something much more important. Oh, right. Missing something? I... I thought I had it in my jacket. You left it on the dresser, along with this. Go on, read it. You already know what it says. I know. Okay. Harp. In the three years since I met you... Two years. <laughs> Harp, in the two years since I met you, 
There's not been a single day that I haven't felt happy. How about when I threw out your Tottenham shirt? <laughs> OK, there's only been one day. Or when I flashed the waiter to try and get us a better table. Are you going to let me read this or not? OK, sorry. There's not been a single day that I haven't felt happy. I love the way you smile when I make a dumb joke. I love how passionate you get about wine, even though we all know they all taste the same. I love that you remember all my friends' birthdays, even when I don't. And above all, I... Above all, I love how safe I feel when I'm around you. I want to build a life with you. I want to spend the rest of my life making you laugh, listening to your rants about wine and eating terrible Brazilian food. In case it wasn't obvious, what I'm asking you is, will you marry me? Of course I will. Hello, Ronnie. Ugh, what do you want now, Preston? It's Peter. Okay, Phil, what can I do you for? Look, this can't go on, Ronnie. I agree. We should really stop sleeping together. <laughs> you need Your to Your cock take... isn't half as nice as Elodie made it so. Ronnie, just... And all that weeping afterwards is kind of off-putting. <laughs> okay, one last time if you insist. Pod. My name is Peter. And you're going to drop out of the Olympics. Oh, why didn't you say so? I've been waiting for the chance to give up on my lifelong dream because a creep with a boner for fascism asked me to. I'm not asking you. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, are you okay there, Paul? You need to listen to me. You need to stop this. Everything all right in here, Peter? I think you'd better get going, mate. Don't want people getting the wrong idea, do you? You know I didn't kill Harp. Please, Ronnie, do the right thing. See you later, Paul. How do you know his name? I keep tabs on everyone who has access to my star athlete. <laughs> kind of dropped the ball on Conrad then, didn't you? He's just an idiot. He's a cunt who wanted me to die in a fire. Don't be so hard on him. He's had a rough time since he left the team. Oh, his little diddum sad he can't be a bigot and get away with it anymore. He tried to kill himself, Ranny. I've just come from seeing him in the hospital. Oh, well. What are you doing here anyway? Shouldn't you be up in Scotland getting my luxury suite ready? You seem pretty chipper for someone about to bury their mum. We're not burying her. We're burning her. I think. I don't know. Elle did most of the arrangements. I've been through your last medical report. And you've come to congratulate me on hitting peak physical performance. And I listened back to your conversations with that Eliza thing. Why did you do that? You didn't think I'd notice. You're at your mum's funeral. You're two days away from the biggest competition of your life. And you're stood in a broom closet, cracking jokes about hotel suites. I don't think this is I a know broom... you're on the neural implant. So? So, I'm not sure what the fuck you think you're playing at. I'm playing at trying to finish the job we spent the last four years training for, Craig. And being an emotionless fucking robot is going to help you with that, is it? It's not like it's permanent. What happened to Mum, it hurts, man. It really fucking hurts. And there's no way I'm going to make it through the next few weeks if I have to feel every single moment. Then drop out. You're 19. There'll be other competitions. Not like this there won't. I know you've got to come in here being all like boss coach, man, but just let it go. It's working. It doesn't affect you. And it's going to help me win. <sighs> all right, kid. If you think it's the right way to go. But from now on, you tell me everything. Deal. 
Stop calling me kid. Rani. All right, deal. Jesus. Why is everyone so intense today? Good. Now get back in there. I'm pretty sure your mum's old work friend is actually a hack from Gentleman's Bible. Jonathan, Elodie and Rani have prepared a slideshow of memories from throughout Harp's life. We invite you to take a moment, enjoy these pictures and reflect on some of your own memories of Harp. Elodie? What is it? I need to go home. Why? What's wrong? I've forgotten my eulogy. I need to go and get it. Dad, sit down. Tell them I'm sorry, but I just can't... I've got it here. Bought a spare copy. Oh. oh. Thanks, sweetheart. Did you bring mine as well? We're now going to hear from Harp's eldest daughter, Elodie. My name is Elodie. I'm... I was Harp's daughter. It's strange to think of your parents having real, actual lives before you're born. When you're a kid, they seem like these mythical, magical creatures who just pop into existence moments before you're born. I obviously wasn't there for the first part of my mum's life, and in a way that makes me sadder than knowing she won't be there for the rest of mine. I like to think we would have been good friends. Most people, when they grow up and they learn more about their parents, realise they aren't actually magical. They're just people. People who make mistakes and have dreams and have this whole existence before anyone even thought about you existing. But I kind of think I had the opposite experience. The more I heard about how Mum, acing away through school, travelling around the world, living in a rundown studio flat so she could afford her dad's care home fees, the more I became convinced she wasn't a normal person. She was like a superhero. I know almost everyone thinks their mum is the best mum in the world. But thinking about her over the past few weeks and from everyone I've spoken to in the past few weeks, I think it's obvious that she wasn't just the best mum in the world. She was bloody brilliant at everything. She was a loving and devoted wife, a caring and nurturing mum, a generous and inspirational colleague and an understanding and intelligent therapist. When I was young, I felt different. Even once I had the implants, I still wasn't the same as the other kids. But Mum never treated me any differently. She fought ferociously to get me the best treatment we could, but at home, she expected me to help with cleaning. The doctors advised I go to a SEND school, but she refused. If I told her that one of the kids in my class was being mean to me, she'd arrange a play date and by the end of the day we'd be best friends. She made me feel normal. But to boil her down to just those roles glosses over what made us so special. She baked Modax every Sunday morning, loved to laugh at reruns of Friends, sang loudly on long car journeys whenever someone tried to fall asleep. And when she got nervous or anxious, she'd pull out the threads of her sleeve. I know this isn't the news that you wanted to hear, but this isn't a death sentence. Of course, she'll face problems, but technology is developing every day that will help her manage her illness. I thought I'd be able to see you again, Harp. I'm by no means an expert, but with the developments we expect to see in the next few years, she should be able to walk and talk as easily as everyone else. The good news is, little Elodie is a fighter. 
She's not the only one. I'm sorry? She always wanted a family. But I never realized how much until the day Elle was born. The birth nearly killed both of them. And she was just lying there, exhausted, holding her. She looked at me, looked me dead in the eye, and I knew from that moment on, it was like I didn't matter anymore, that the only thing that mattered to her was that tiny person in her arms. She barely slept in those first few weeks. She just sat at the edge of her crib, praying she'd survive. Yes, I've been meaning to come to this. Elodie's condition is genetic. If you were to have another child, there's a decent chance she'd have the same issues. Oh, love, I was so proud of you. With everything going on, I don't think I ever told you that. I just felt lost, but you seemed to know exactly what to do. How to talk to the doctors, make sure she got looked after. It was all I could do to keep my own head above the water. It was all I could ever do. Thank you for that lovely tribute, Elodie. We're now here from Harp's youngest daughter, Rani. Harp. I mean, Mum. Was a really kind person. She did a lot for me. I wouldn't have been able to achieve everything I have without her. She used to make this amazing coconut dal. She was a therapist. Her patients always seemed pretty happy, so I guess she was a pretty good one. I'm going to miss her. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you, Rani. We're here from Harp's devoted husband, Jonathan, in a moment. But first, a prayer. Thank you for coming in. Hi. Do you know what day it is, Mr. Walkington? The day I was diagnosed. As you remember, we did a few tests on you the last time you were in. I thought Harp was here for this. She was, but now she's gone. I'm sorry? You're all alone now. Harp isn't here to wipe your ass for you anymore. Oh, I don't think... Why did you kill her, John? I didn't. She did everything for you. And you left her to die alone. That wasn't my fault. Wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe you should have got that prosthetic. Oh, stop it. What are you going to do without her? Look at what's happened to your family now you're alone. Stop it. Useless little Jonathan. I, I don't have to listen to this. It's those girls I feel sorry for. Left to care for the drooling, brain-dead loser who killed their mother. Please. In fact, why don't we see what they have to say about it? Elodie, Rani. Why did you kill her, Dad? What are we meant to do without her, Dad? You can't protect us. Just like you couldn't protect her. You're useless, Dad. You're pathetic, Dad. 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 Yes? Mr. Walkington, we'll all understand if you're not able to speak. No, it's okay. 
Did you need a hand? No, I'm fine. Elodie, I'm not completely useless yet. <coughs> My name is Jonathan. I was Harp's husband for over 20 years. We built a life together. Together, we raised two incredible daughters, Elodie and... Um, Ronnie. Yes, I know. Elodie and Rani. It was the proudest achievement of her life, bringing those two incredible girls into the world. And the happiest part of my life, getting to raise them with her. Raising a family is never simple or easy. But Harp had this profound calmness about her. Whether I'd lost my job or Elle was sick or Rani had got herself into some scrape or another, she wasn't phased or daunted. She'd pick us up, dust us off, and send us on our way. Before the girls were born, we went traveling in Vietnam. We'd got lost in the back streets of some city, I don't remember which, and these two guys approached us and asked for money. We tried to turn back, but they followed us and started demanding the money. It's dark, and we're thousands of miles from home. There's no one around, and there's two big guys threatening us to hand over our money. Easy decision about what to do, right? Well, Harp looks them dead in the eye and says, What do you want with my money? They paused, and I thought, Oh, God, she's going to get us killed. But they just started laughing. An hour later, they are sat in our hotel room, eating noodles with us and telling us what sights we need to see before we leave. <laughs> there were times when it felt like the whole world was crashing in around us, and I'd look across at her, and she'd have this smile on her face. And no matter how desperate things seemed, that smile made me feel safe. I always felt safe with you, Harp. I love how safe I feel when I'm around you. I want to build a life with you. I want to spend the rest of my life making you laugh, listening to your rants about wine and eating terrible Brazilian food. In case it wasn't obvious, what I'm asking you is, will you forgive me? Please, Harp, you have to forgive me, Harp. Where are you, love? Girls, have you seen your mother? It's okay, Dad. We'll go find her. There we are. 
Can I get you anything else, Dad? Uh, no, I'm okay. Thank you, sweetheart. Christ, I'm tired. Ooh, ouch, that's hot. Do you require assistance? What is that? It's your assistant's dog. Good boy, Lancelot. Woof. Oh, right. Ooh. Oh, it's lovely, though. Almost as good as your mum used to make. Girls, when you get married, make sure you marry someone who can make a decent cup of tea. <laughs> it's how your mum and I first got talking, you know? Was it? Don't encourage him. We've got one of those new-fangled coffee machines in the break room. They were pretty cutting-edge at the time. Anyway, I couldn't make head nor tail of it, and Harp comes in to find me with my head inside the bit where you put the coffee beans, yelling, Just make me a cup of tea! <laughs> and she stopped laughing long enough to point out the kettle on the side next to <laughs> <laughs> When I was an older hay, it was his nurse that hated me. Like, she decided this ten-year-old girl recovering from surgery was basically the devil. Every time she took blood, she'd leave me arms full of holes. She made sure I always got my food last. I was too scared to tell anyone about it, but Mum noticed. She also noticed that the nurse never drank any of the tea in the hospital. She always went to the Starbucks around the corner. So, Mum started bringing her a tea from Starbucks once a day. And then it was twice a day. By the time I left, it was basically all the nurse drank. Neither of them said anything about me, but the nurse obviously decided I wasn't the devil. She even made sure I got my food first. Kill them with kindness. That was your mum, wasn't it? Down to a T. Pretty sure it was just bribery. Listen, girls, there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. Is it about the fire? What? No. Well, I suppose it is, in a way. I can't do this without her, girls. You saw me today. And I want you two to live your lives. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm having the prosthetic reinstalled. I need to be able to take care of myself. You said you wanted to feel things again. To have opinions and write and make jokes. Well, I'm not sure I want to make jokes. Not without her. It'll get easier, won't it? I don't think it will. I'm... I'm losing her, girls. Sometimes I... I can't even remember her face. Or her voice. When I try and remember it, it just sounds... fuzzy, like she's on a bad phone connection. It'll get easier. And I'll be here for you no matter what you need. Maybe that's true for now, but what happens when you have your own family or, or some fancy school in Australia wants you to come and teach there for a year? I don't travel well, hell, and I bloody hate spiders. Doesn't make sense to make you miserable just so I can feel miserable. Mum would have agreed. How do you know? You two act like she was all cuddly-feely. And she was, sometimes. But it wasn't what stopped those two guys from knifing you in Vietnam, and it wasn't what made her such a good mum. Who got knifed in Vietnam? Mum was a pragmatist. She wasn't scared of making tough decisions. She was tough. 
Do you remember when I was in year seven and I started training at the athletics club? I was beating kids three years older than me. And they didn't like that. Started tripping me up in practice, calling me names, hiding my stuff in the changing rooms. I tried to fight back, but the coach said if I couldn't train nice, I wouldn't train at all. Mum wasn't having that. She marched up to him in the middle of training with all those other parents and kids around him and told him, if you can't protect these kids, then you've got no right to call yourself coach. If you won't let my daughter train, I'll make sure you don't get to train anyone. Mum doing that didn't make anyone happy, least of all me. But it was the right thing to do. I saw that coach a few years ago. Told me every time he thinks about stopping one of the kids training, he hears Mum's voice telling him what a joke he was. Be good to hear her voice again. Maybe. You know, her Eliza box is upstairs. It's got a bunch of old recordings. Let me go get it. Ron, you feeling okay? I'm fine. Are you? You can talk to me. You don't have to keep me out. I'm not planning to. I just don't want to lose you. I want to go back to how things used to be between us. You want to go back to me thrashing you at Monopoly? You know that's not what I mean. I just I just feel like I barely see you anymore. I thought they fixed your eyes. Stop it! Are you incapable of having a straightforward conversation without making some stupid fucking joke? I better get going. I've got to catch the overnight to Edinburgh. Ran, I'm... It's fine. I like you more when you're all grouchy. Are you sure you can't stay? My first race is in a couple of days. I need to get settled in. Yeah, okay. I miss her, L. I do. I just, I can't let this slip now, you know? Yeah, it's okay. I understand. Okay? Yeah, okay. I'm sure you'll be great. Yeah, thanks. Are you leaving, Rani? She's got a train to catch. Oh, right. Sorry I can't stay. It's okay. Come here. Oh, she'd have been so proud of you. I know, Dad. Give me a message to let me know when you get there. Yeah. Maybe. <gasps> I think I'm going to go up. Do you need anything else, Dad? Already. I thought we were going to listen to your mother's recordings. Mm. Can we do it tomorrow? I'm knackered. Okay, love. Night, Dad. Good night, sweetheart. Are you not going to bed? I thought I'd stay up for a while. I'm not sure I fancy being alone in that big bed. Mm, you sure? I'm sure. I can always catch up on sleep tomorrow. Thanks, Elle. So, which one are we going to listen to first? Oh, well, there was this great one from when you and Rani were younger. Eliza, play Elodie, Rani... Monopoly. Playing Elodie Rani Monopoly. Four, five, six. Oh, bollocks! Rani, language. That's Park Lane with a hotel which comes up to £1,500. Pay up, runny nose. I've only got 300 Then I'll win. No. What do you mean? If you haven't got enough money to pay me, then I win. It's not fair. It's okay, sweetie. No, it's not. She knows I had a bad day and she's still being mean. I'm not being mean. Didn't even want to play this stupid game. You never let me pick the game. Girls, cut it out. You always get to pick the game. You must have cheated. 
How did you end up with all the blues and the greens and the reds? I'm just better at it than you. Cheater! Runny nose. Enough. We were supposed to be recording a nice video to show your mum when she gets home, but since the two of you can't behave, I'm ending the game. Uh, but I was about to win. That's what you get for cheating. Oh, hate you. I'm going to go tell mum. What, tell her how you were a... <laughs> Why did you show me that? It's not exactly the happiest memory from my childhood. No, wait, it gets better. Eliza, play the rest of the clip. I'm sorry, that file is no longer available. In the interests of privacy and security, we have removed these files to prevent access by unauthorised third parties. Well, we're bloody authorised. So play the damn files. You are not on the pre-approved authorization list. Then who is? Peter Flowers. I'm Elodie's boyfriend, remember? What are you doing with that? Get out of my home! Nothing, I, ju I just came back because... Uh... I said, get out! Peter! Get back here! <laughs> he was there. He started the fire. Are you sure? I know my memory is not what it used to be. I remember him. Clear as day. Oh, fuck. I should have stopped him. I could have saved her. It's not your fault, Dad. Oh, stupid, useless fucking idiot. I left my wife to die, all because I couldn't... Dad, stop it. He took Mum away from us, not you. And he's going to take Rani away from us as well. We have to warn her. You're right. Call your sister. Rani. I'm not answering because I'm not a loser who sits on my phone all day. Leave a message and I probably won't get back to you. Rani, answer your fucking phone right now. Destination set, Olympic Village, Edinburgh. Estimated arrival time, 6.09am. Thanks. You have an incoming call from Elodie. Would you like to answer it? No. Send her to voicemail. episode of 2040 starred Malcolm James as John, Nina Wadia as Harp, Komal Armin as Rani, Bhavnisha Palmer as Elodie, Luke Maskell as Peter, Iona Campbell as Eliza, Wilson and Angelica, and Christopher Irvine as Craig. Additional roles were played by Geraint Picard, Thomas Whitcomb, Rose Gaskell, Miriam Baburam, Jan Simonson, and Dan Oliver. Research was by Emily West and Andy Gogarty. Music was by Zach Start. Sound mixing and editing was by Gregor Dippy. The producers were James Mills and Lauren Fernandez. The executive producers were Jazz Bahia and James Mills. 